Welcome to Paperweight, written comedy performed live. This is the third and final installment, and our guest is Ziwe Fumudo. I'm your host, Sarah Esikoff. Here's the show. Tonight's theme is cults. We got Scientology, we got multiple wives. To clarify, this is cults with a U, not baby horses. (laughs) (laughs) Cults are legitimately terrifying, but we're here to laugh in the face of fear. (laughs) With me tonight are three wonderful writers. First up, he dreams of starting a cult of mixed race gingers with Blake Griffin. It's Paul McCallion. Next up, she basically does run a cult as the company manager of the Flea Theater, Emily Pass. And finally, I imagine she'd be very hard to brainwash, Keelan Ryan. Our guest tonight is the amazing Ziwe Fumudo. She's a writer on The Rundown on BET. You may know her from her Twitter account. And she's done a bunch of other writing and videos for places like Above Average. And we're so, so thrilled to have her. So I saw on Instagram today that you wrote that dancing bit on oh, the rundown. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to just describe that? Because I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah, sure. It was Lauren Ashley Smith and I, we wrote this bit where black women, America said, you're welcome to black women. So we have a bunch of black women walk out with Robin Thede and pose. And then throughout the act one, they'd come in and do a turn up for the turnout. Voter turnout, that is. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had them dancing to like, R. Kelly recently got robbed, so they came out and they crumped to that. <laughs> I was not excited. And then Omarosa lost her job, and so we had to celebrate that too. <laughs> um, yeah, Robin Thede killed it. It was fun. Robin Thede's actually secretly the, the best physical comedian. Oh my She's god, she really so is. So funny. And that's not what I anticipated going to watching that show. <laughs> yeah, she commits. Like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, because it's mostly, if you guys haven't seen it, it's like sharp, informational, political comedy, kind of like Full Frontal or like John Oliver's show. It's amazing. You guys should watch it. Like and subscribe. (laughs) We're on YouTube. We're on BET.com. We're on television if you have those. (laughs) Watch the show. It's awesome. It was named Top 10 TV Shows of the Year Mm -hmm. by Hollywood Reporter. That's right. Yeah, it's a great show. Watch it. It is. I wrote for it, so I have to (laughs) see it. But you should watch it, really. Is that your favorite piece you've done for it, or do you have other ones? That's my favorite piece. And then this one bit where we had, um, did you guys see that video of Oprah singing, I Surrender All to Jesus? It was no. really, oddly <laughs> <laughs> enough. Oh yeah, she, she, she was on Harry a couple weeks ago and was singing I Surrender All to Jesus with a full band. Wow. Um, and so we had Robin react off that <laughs> with a Oprah tambourine and have a praise dance. <laughs> Basically, we're just trying to ingest Christianity into <laughs> late night television. Subtle, just kidding. Subtle brainwashing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been speaking like of cults. cults yeah. what, a great, what a great transition. <laughs> Today's episode's about cults. So I was wondering, did you do theater in high school? (laughs) I did did one play. I was a fairy in A Midday Summer Night's Dream. (laughs) Midnight Summer Night's Dream. I was a fairy and we did horribly. So that was my theater. I was in acapella. I was president of acapella group. Okay, that's a call. It's called Azure. Um, 
Yeah. Bum. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's the Regina Specter song that's like, ah, 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 ah. Oh, yes. Bum, bum, bum. Fidelity. So, I knew it from the bum. I was just waiting for that. I was a bass. Not to brag or anything, but I have a low register. Paul famously was told he was too loud for acapella. Really? What does that mean? That stuck with me. Oh, my God. I don't know what it means. I think that's just like, that's got to be like just a homophobic dog. That's racial. Correct. Those people are too loud. What people are you talking about? I have this web series where I race bait my white coworkers. I'm writing more episodes. We're gonna, yes, yeah, yeah, thank they're coming God. out. We got some hot guests. I can't tell you who they are until it's out because you know people be flaking. People be flaking. <laughs> <laughs> Pero, and hopefully it'll be out in the new year. You guys will see some racial tension in there, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll make you laugh about it. My favorite part is when they're kind of proud of themselves for catching. I forgot what moment. Oh, I tried to trick someone into wearing blackface. Oh yeah, and she was like, "No, (laughs) I know this one." I know the answer, and it's no. (laughs) Good. It's not as scary as it sounds. Like it was like I gave her black paint, and I said, "Put this on your face," and she said, "How no?" There was like this. I drugged her or anything like that. You know, it's all above board. (laughs) They really try to outthink you too. They're like. Well, if you are telling me to do it, then maybe I'll try it. But I wouldn't normally do it. See, the thing is, you can't win with me. And that's what being a black woman is. And what being in a cult is. A flawless transition. Thank you, thank you. So we're going to get this show started with a game by Paul McCallion, and Ziwe has kindly agreed to play it with us. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I put together a game based on two of my favorite cults. This game is called Scientology Propaganda Film or Steve Jobs Keynote Address for the iPhone 4. (laughs) Okay, so Z-Way, this game is simple. Uh I am going to read you a quote, and you have to tell me whether this direct quote was pulled from a Scientology propaganda film that I found on WikiLeaks, or (laughs) if it was from Steve Jobs' keynote presentation for the iPhone 4. Totally. Are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. Okay, question one. You've got to see this in person. It is one of the most beautiful designs we've ever seen. This is, beyond a doubt, the most precise thing and most beautiful thing we've ever made. Is this... A, Steve Jobs talking about the iPhone 4's stainless steel frame as a cellular and GPS antenna. (laughs) Or B, a Scientologist explaining how an electro-psychometer detects thetons during auditing. (laughs) I'm going to go with my man in the turtleneck. So you're going A, this is Steve Jobs. Yeah. You're correct! You're one for one. Okay, question two. Zoom, 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 boom. Big data. (laughs) Zoom, 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 boom. Big data. Does this quote refer to... (laughs) The iPhone's one gigahertz CPU loading a web page with Safari, or how the Congresses affect your cognition? This is a tough one. Yeah. I'm going to go with Steve Jobs. You are incorrect. This Aww. is how this is how the Congress is, which I don't know what those are. <laughs> but I was really enthusiastic when he explained it on the propaganda film. 
Okay. Quad band, HSDPA, HSUPA. 7.2 down, 5.8 up. Well, <laughs> that's theoretical for now. <laughs> Does this quote refer to Steve Jobs emphatically explaining something I did not understand? <laughs> or B, a Scientologist emphatically explaining something I did not understand? Damn, what do you guys think? Oh, wow. Steve Jobs. Oh, an audience poll. I didn't even build this into my game, but I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go Steve Jobs. I trust them. Steve Jobs. You're absolutely correct. America, USA, USA. <laughs> I think this had to do with like a chip. That's in a phone. A chip. Um, okay. This is a complete the quote. Okay. Oh, wow. Sometimes when you see some of these articles, you think that something bad is going on. But these are the facts. <laughs> 95% of iPhone apps are approved in one week, or Leah Remini's anti-Scientology television program is funded by the KKK. Leah Remini, Leah Remini. A strong beat. Are we locking into that? Yeah. You're incorrect. <laughs> I was watching her on Chelsea this morning. <laughs> I was. Well, I do want to say about this quote, so I did make up that quote, but they did strongly imply in this video that Leah Remini was like, funded by the KKK. Okay, this is your last question. Nice. Okay, fill in the blank. It's impossible to remember what life was like before blank. Blank changed everything. It was a revolution. Is this A, the iPhone, or B, Xenu's galactic confederacy? <laughs> I'm gonna go with the iPhone. It was the My iPhone! My favorite product! Yeah. Do I love Cupertino or what? It is impossible to remember what life was like before 2006. You can't do it. <laughs> you should try, but you can't. So you I, win, you I win. think. What do I win? I sincerely wish we could give you an iPhone 4. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the most striking thing about this to me is how fucking crazy Steve Jobs was. Well, for me, it's just that, like, if L. Ron Hubbard put on a black turtleneck, I'd be so on board. <laughs> Paul was saying that, what was the, you were researching Steve oh. Jobs and he said that the app. Yeah, the app store is the most vibrant community on the planet. <laughs> Direct quote. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with that. I believe it's the most vibrant community you've ever, like, May he rest in peace. Yeah, okay. yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize this was, like, Steve Jobs' friend and family. Uh, big dad of Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. That's a crazy quote. Thank you for playing, Zoe. Zoe will also be reading next. Oh, I'm, nice. I'm so excited to hear this. Her piece is called Going Real, Housewives and My Prison of Bravo. In the words of my hero, Jeb Bush. <laughs> I'm dating a white man named Jeb, fun fact. <laughs> There's more than one? That's crazy. <laughs> His name is also not really Jeb. His name is actually John. Uh, so it's okay. a choice. Yeah. That's <laughs> even weirder. <laughs> Going real. Housewives and my prison of Bravo. Good evening, housewives. There are people among us who have never seen real housewives who don't believe in the power of Andy, who haven't accepted Erica Jane as their lord and savior. <laughs> These are suppressive people. <laughs> Beware, for they will try to lead you down a secular path of sin. But you serve an awesome goddess. She may be two people, but she's not two-faced. <laughs> and Erica Girardi promises a nirvana full of looks. You will go to heaven and get 1,000 virgins, I mean, housewives. <laughs> Now, this is a cult that can make anything possible in your life if your aspiration is to see the perils of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> Let me walk you through this audit. 
First, you will take on a matrix of thought that is not your own. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Orange County, Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of New Jersey, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Dallas, Real Housewives of Miami, Real Housewives of Potomac, Real Housewives of Melbourne, Real Housewives of Cheshire, Real Housewives of Sydney, Real Housewives of Auckland, Real Housewives of Vancouver, Real Housewives of Toronto, Real Housewives of Bangkok, Real Housewives of Athens, Ladies of London, and of course, Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> Featuring the white Kanye West, known as DJ James Kennedy, lead vocal of Pump Sessions. <laughs> located on iTunes. <laughs> there is no logical explanation for this other than faith. Everything your flesh needs can be satisfied by a wife or friend of housewives. Going real requires that you donate 10% of your income to maintain the House of Wives. Brothers <laughs> and sisters, consider these projects. The Sonia Morgan toaster oven. <laughs> Megan and Jim Edmonds candles. <laughs> the Portia Williams hair care line. <laughs> Giselle Bryant's face care line. Kenya Moore's hair care line. Or Ashley Darby's Australian restaurant that serves emu. <laughs> and do you have a pet dog? Would you like it to feast like a duchess? <laughs> Consider Cameron Westcott of Real Housewives of Dallas's pet food line, Sparkle Dog Food. <laughs> it's pink. That's the entire bit. <laughs> Here is a real life review of it on Amazon.com and you can look this up after. <laughs> One out of 10 stars. Wish I could give this zero stars. <laughs> if you love your pet, don't buy this. <laughs> don't do it. My vet told me I've been poisoning my dogs. <laughs> my dog was dehydrated, vomiting, and very weak and not herself. <laughs> my white dog is now stained pink on her backside. <laughs> my poor little Stasi had explosive diarrhea. <laughs> This should be banned. <laughs> and if your dog happens to die from subsequent poisoning, consider the funeral services of Real Hospice of Atlanta, Phaedra Parks, Esquire, and Mortuary. <laughs> Do the Lord's work. Your money helps our tax-exempt status. Now let me take you down a moment of scripture. I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle of cash. <laughs> Ira Girardi Jane of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Throw me to the wolves and I shall return leading the pack. <laughs> Lisa Vanderpump of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> I'm an acquired taste and if you don't like me, acquire some taste. <laughs> some of you recognize this as the good teachings of Ramona Singer of Real Housewives of New York. Most people don't like her because she's a rude bitch. <laughs> that doesn't matter to her. Nothing matters. Let that be a lesson. Bravo, disciples. To thine heart, you must be true. Fuck the haters. Get money. Hashtag turtle time. <laughs> Allow me to continue. I may not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'm pretty. <laughs> Kristen Takeman of Real Housewives of New York. I love money, and I'm loving life. Gina Keough of Real Housewives of Orange County. When people tell me I'm fake, I know they're pulling my leg. Let's hold on for a fucking second. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you recognize this as Aviva Drescher of Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> 
this woman lost her leg in a debilitating childhood accident. <laughs> in her final season, she threw her pathetic across a party. <laughs> this is a lesson in stunts. When you feel threatened, do a stunt. For example, <laughs> this is my right boob. <laughs> I did not show my boob for the record, Mom. <laughs> Let's get back to this. If you can't be cool, you can't be with the Countess. Luanne de Lesseps of Real Housewives of New York. What you guys don't know is she lost her Countess title to a man named Tom D'Agostino, who she was married to for less than a year. <laughs> if that makes you feel anything, good. <laughs> I was a child star, but my most important role is being a mother. Kim Richards of Beverly Hills. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Sometimes Sonia has to go commando. What can I say? Some of you may recognize this as Sonia Morgan of J.P. Morgan, as in the bank, as in too big to fail, as in this woman has seen more money than you will ever imagine. <laughs> She's now the owner of a failed microwave company. <laughs> now, I could go on forever, but the suppressive people are listening and judging. <laughs> so here ends this tour of duty. You've been audited by a real housewife. <laughs> yes! I had no idea there were so many franchises. That's insane. Uh, were those all real? No. Those are all real. Oh, those are all real. Google it. Real Housewives of Bangkok. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's lit. <laughs> Ladies of London is like a spin-off-ish. It's great. All of it is great. Real Housewives of Auckland is my favorite. <laughs> because it has this Naomi Campbell type. Auckland. This chick called her the Edward. And it was the biggest drama I've ever fucking seen on national television. That was really good. The point is, I watch a lot of Real Housewives, and it's the only thing I love. <laughs> you also do a, a mean Kim Richards. I do a very good Kim Richards impression. Um, I'm Kim Richards. <laughs> I've been rich and I've been famous, but my most important, you know. <laughs> All right, this next piece takes a slightly different usage of the word cult, and it's by me, Sarah Esikoff. Things that would have a cult following among white college boys if they existed. <laughs> Bucket boys. <laughs> Do you love comedy podcasts but hate editing and sound quality? <laughs> Then you'll love Bucket Boys, a podcast where two friends who came up through Second City but failed at both stand-up and improv tell hilarious stories about being friend-zoned. <laughs> Hosts Bill and Scrandy guffaw into each other's mouths while their guest tries to navigate the web of inside jokes that is 80% of the show. Some of the inside jokes are, don't raise me, bro, to queef a mockingbird. And if you wouldn't feed it to your mama. <laughs> Literally every white college boy who listens to this show thinks that he and his buddies would have a super successful podcast if they just, like, decided to do it. <laughs> The name Bucket Boys originates from yet another inside joke related to Two Girls, One Cup. <laughs> Undead Demolition 12. Ask a white college boy how he feels about Undead Demolition 12, and he'll tell you that, first of all, a lot of people think video games are stupid, but they're basically art. <laughs> 
especially Undead Demolition 12, a game where you have to defend your community against an onslaught of zombies, all of which are voiced by Chris Gethard. <laughs> you can play as either a boy townsperson or a girl townsperson. The boy townspeople have guns, and the girl townspeople have boob armor. <laughs> like, it's metal, but it's also somehow in the exact shape of their breasts. <laughs> You know in video games how when a character breathes, their whole body moves up and down? <laughs> a lot of that. <laughs> Life, comma, time. The word genius isn't thrown around that often, except by white college boys to describe the author of this 1,200-page novel. <laughs> At just 22 years old, Simeon Brandy... <laughs> Achieved something many writers Paperweight twice his age have tried me, and failed to Sarah do. Paperweight was produced by me, Sarah Add a footnote to every single We recorded single at Dubway Studios, and our engineer was Sam Palumbo. We were edited and mixed by me and Rebecca Seidel. The life, Thanks for listening. is a handsome, college-educated artist living in Brooklyn and asking the big questions. <laughs> what is the purpose of my life, he wonders, as he juggles hot girlfriends and smart girlfriends who are also hot, but in a different way? <laughs> 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 For this reason, life, time, has been hailed as a portrait of the kind of existential anxiety only people with no actual problems have. <laughs> White college boys love this book because it's like philosophy, but not hard. <laughs> Rape dragon. <laughs> Hailed by critics for having both dragons and rape. <laughs> this TV show is cinematic in both style, it's directed by Peter Jackson, and scale, the dragon has scales. <laughs> the hour-long drama follows a medieval village of less than 50 people until the battle scenes when literally thousands of extras in bearskins appear out of nowhere. The main characters are Scythe, a hot white man with a secret. <laughs> Amaranth, a hot white princess with two secrets. And the Rape Dragon, a CGI dragon with a big old dragon dick. <laughs> white college boys give it a thumbs up for the way it combines hard nipples and blood that never seems to clot. <laughs> Beekeeper's Daughter. If I told you Beekeeper's Daughter was a band, you might assume it's a band that includes at least one woman, but you would be wrong. <laughs> Beekeeper's Daughter is an all-male indie rock group that wears pussy hats on stage and says things like, believe women, y'all, into the mic as the last chord fades. <laughs> College boys aren't the only ones who love this band of spindly whites. <laughs> Even college girls play their album to impress dates while praying none of them turn out to be sexual predators. <laughs> Check out one of Beekeeper's Daughter's upcoming shows in venues with Garage in the name. <laughs> and fall in love with songs like Mama's Boy, Sexual, and My Humps, Ironic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Believe woman, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> what else should be on there? What did I miss? One of those horrible card games. Like, like those like board, like 
what was the one? Oh, Settlers what? of Catan. Yeah. That is so true. Oh, yes. that, uh, like, yes. want to come oh over and God. play Settlers? Feel, full disclosure, that is in my apartment. <laughs> Yo, I have, I, I've played that game to try to fuck someone so many times. <laughs> so it's like, how much do I want to fuck this person versus yeah. how little yeah. do I want to learn how to play Settlers <laughs> of Catan? Okay, I know we've all been having a lot of fun, but this next account by Keelan Ryan is kind of harrowing. So let's treat it with the respect it deserves. Keelan Ryan. (laughs) I left the cult, but the Ravens are still following me. (laughs) When I announced I was planning to leave the Order of the Raven, I expected the worst. Losing my friends, my way of life, and my temporary tattoos were inevitable once I extricated (laughs) myself from the fold. What I didn't anticipate was that the Ravens would continue to follow me. When I first started taking classes at the Order, I was in awe of the Cole Elders' control over nature's most beautiful and noble creature, the raven. (laughs) The Elders could command the animals to do their bidding through a mysterious method of mind control, whether it be avenging their enemies, turning the night skies black under their enormous mass, or just running errands like grabbing milk, bread, etc. (laughs) After I passed the Quakening and started working at the Order full-time in accounts payable, (laughs) I was satisfied just to be contributing to a larger purpose. That is, the cult's mission of achieving singularity between humans and birds. <laughs> As I started to work my way up the ladder in one of the Order's many climbing-your-way-to-intimacy workshops, <laughs> I began the process of fostering a relationship with the ravens. At first, it was just the basics, watching them through binoculars, throwing out feed, sacrificing human limbs at low tide. The works! <laughs> what with killing it at the water cooler and accounts payable by day, and killing people for limb sacrifices by night. <laughs> I felt like I was living my dream. (laughs) But about a month into my process of becoming closer with the birds, something became clear to me. We were not controlling them. They were controlling us. (laughs) It started innocently enough. I'd see 20 ravens gathered outside my office, their heads turning in unison to watch me as I moved from my desk to the window and back again. That's good, I thought. They like me. (laughs) But soon enough, things got out of hand. The birds, I think, had sensed my attempts to make contact, and instead of embracing me, had responded with an all-out campaign of intimidation. In the morning, I glanced out my bedroom window to see two ravens skateboarding by, wearing backwards caps. (laughs) I'd return home after a long day, and one would be cooking chili on my stove. I was shaken, and that was before they stole my car. (laughs) One day, while I was eating my traditional order of the raven lunch, I realized I'd had enough. Firstly, it was the fourth lunch that week I'd eaten on my desk. Not healthy. (laughs) Secondly, the ravens had torched all my crops that morning. I just couldn't go on. I fled on the spot, tripping over the billowing robes the order required me to wear. The ravens followed, and I was powerless to outrun them. I was eventually able to escape by blindly boarding the first flight available out of town. The ravens tried to follow me, but unlike me, they did not have TSA pre-check, so they missed the flight. (laughs) When the plane finally touched down in Switzerland, my phone flooded with panicked calls. Apparently, the ravens had turned on the rest of the order as well. I will never know how many perished. Those were the last messages I received before throwing my phone into the nearest phone recycling center and making a beeline for the highlands, my rooms flapping in the alpine winds. Now, I live in a mountainside cave housed at too great an altitude for the ravens to fly. I won't be safe until I can either afford a suit of armor or global warming renders all birds extinct. The ravens won. (laughs) Yes! Thank you for sharing. So brave. Thank you. Well, I'm sold on Colts. (laughs) 
But how do we know if we can be in one? Let's ask Emily Pass. <laughs> Will become my seventh wife. <laughs> yes. It's the third Saturday of the month, which means it's time for me, the supreme leader, to take a seventh wife. I have two lovely bachelorettes here to interview today, but only one will be presented with the final rose <laughs> and become blessed wife number seven. <laughs> First up, Keelan Ryan was eyeing me at Dunkin' Donuts at 4.55 a.m. this morning. One chloroformed kiss on the lips later, and here she is, ready to compete for my heart. <laughs> Keelan's competitor is Paul McCallion, who I've been chatting with on Craigslist for months. <laughs> we mostly talk about the wonder, wealth, and eternal youth promised to my wives. He showed up here on his own free will. <laughs> <laughs> One of these competitors will win this contest of compatibility and walk away with the grand prize, me. <laughs> okay, first question. When you wake up in the morning, you have a craving to? Say my daily affirmation. I'm ready for love and I will do anything to get it. Um, eat a banana, I guess? I'm all about romance. What is your ideal first date? Um, good question, good question. I'd have to say doing whatever you want to do, uh, whenever you want to do it. I'm super flexible. I have almost no free will of my own. Uh, anything that doesn't involve being chloroformed, I guess? Uh, my head fucking hurts. Can I have some water? <laughs> no. <laughs> there are a lot of feral animals in my house. <laughs> are you a dog person or a cat person? Dogs. Loyal, reliable, <laughs> loving. They'll do anything for you. Uh, I like dogs too. Can I please have some water? <laughs> I live in an underground series of bunkers. City or country? <laughs> the country is so intimate and peaceful. It's a great place to humbly fulfill every wish of my lover. Being around lots of people in cities usually makes me nervous, which is why I try to hit Duncan on the early side to avoid the crowds. I guess I should have listened to my mom when she said there's safety in numbers. My arms feel really tingly. I need you to have hobbies outside our relationship. It will be one of seven. What was your favorite extracurricular activity during high school? Scrapbooking club. I loved getting to make collages of all my crushes in a socially acceptable way. <laughs> By the way, I can totally see a future with you. <laughs> uh, soccer. I can taste blood in my mouth. <laughs> I like a wife with ambition. What is the driving ambition of your life? To find the one, of course. Also, getting some Instagram sponsorships would be nice. <laughs> Please let me go back to my family. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't know who I'm going to choose between these two sexy, totally into me choices. <laughs> Paul, you've got brains, brawn, and we have such a connection. <laughs> I knew from our very first message there was something special between us. And I could immediately imagine you baking cornbread and knitting blankets for the future victims of the apocalypse alongside yeah. my six other wives. <laughs> but... At the same time, I feel a little bit like maybe you're not here for the right reasons. <laughs> Keelan, 
The second I saw you at Duncan, I knew I had to get to know you. No matter what, hence the chloroform. <laughs> you just seemed so innocent, sweet, and down to party. And your thoughtful answers have proved that. Although there are moments where I felt worried that maybe you can't commit, and maybe you're not the one. I don't think I can let you out of my sight. Will you accept this, Rose? Um, or will you join Paul in the snake pit? Snake pit? <laughs> All women who are not my wives are destined to be eaten by snakes, duh. <laughs> Keelan, what do you say? Uh, is there water in your bunkers? In limited supply. I guess I'm in. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe she said yes. Catch me next month on my search to find lucky wife number eight. <laughs> Is there any celebrity you guys would be in a sex cult with? As, as like, wives together? <laughs> yeah, the five of us. <laughs> uh, yes, short answer. <laughs> Long answer, check my Google Doc. <laughs> well, that was our last <laughs> Nothing to add. <laughs> It's time for our best unused headline. This is the part of the show where we read a headline that we pitched but did not end up writing up. This week's comes from Keelan Ryan, and it is the nuts and bolts of cults, how to become the best steel worker in your cult. <laughs> Just a classic, like, rhyme-based comedy. <laughs> yeah, Keelan usually gets this slot because <laughs> she has amazing rhyming time. titles. <laughs> She's described her writing process as largely rhyme-based. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's our show. So, so much to our guest, Ziwe Fumudo. Thank you for having me. Check out her work on The Rundown, Thursdays at 11 on BET or online. Uh, And follow her on Twitter at Ziwe, Z-I-W-E. Yeah. Thanks also to our writers, Keelan Ryan, Emily Pass, and Paul McCallion. Yeah! I'm your host, Sarah Esikoff. Yeah! And thanks for coming out! Paperweight was produced by me, Sarah Esikoff. We recorded at Dubway Studios, and our engineer was Sam Palumbo. We were edited and mixed by me and Rebecca Seidel. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>